What's going on, everyone? I hope you're doing well today. Uh, my name is Kamian, and you are watching That 20 Show. We are in my super high-tech recording studio, a.k.a. my room. I hope you like my... Whatever this is called. Do you know what this is called? The tapestry. Actually? Thank you. Tapestry. <clears throat> and my African flag. Really just trying to show, uh, you know, show off who I am as a person over here. So today, we have a super special guest. My really good friend, and also my roommate, Matthew. Hi. <laughs> What's up, Matthew? How you doing, my guy? Good, man. I'm happy to be here. Dude, thanks for being here, honestly. Yeah. I hit up Matthew a couple of days ago. He's working with, uh, well, I'll actually let him talk about where he's working out, but he has a really cool story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you're from, mm -hmm. what you do, and kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about how you kind of got there. Sure. Uh, well, like Kamin said, I'm Matthew. I'm from here in Phoenix. Grew up here, went to school at the University of Oregon, go Ducks. And right now I'm the vice president of marketing for Truce. Uh, we manufacture non-toxic cleaning products here in the state of Arizona. We source everything from the U.S., all of our ingredients, plastics, things like that. And we ship them all over the world. And we sell them through grocery stores and e-commerce and things like that. Um, I really, I got into it because after school I had taken on some basically digital marketing slash public relations clients, kind of doing a lot of freelance work. I found Truce through some like organic networking events and things like that. And then as I began to kind of infiltrate the business and see what they were working on and hear the avenues that they wanted to take the business, I just wanted to get more and more involved. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what I did. So every day I would bite off another little bit of Truce and get more and more involved. And I went from just being kind of a freelance contractor for them to now a shareholder in the business as well as the vice president of marketing and partnerships. Dang, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I remember when you told me that, uh, you know, you were part shareholder in the company, like absolutely blew my mind because, I mean, we're on the same age. And to, you know, think like, mid-20 young professionals already a shareholder mm -hmm. in a company like that, it's, it's really wild, honestly. So props to you. Was Truce your first uh, job out of college, or like you said, you were an independent mm -hmm. contractor? So were you an independent contractor in college, moving into a full-time role mm -hmm. after school, or was it independent contractor post-grad or post-graduation, and then you became full-time? Yeah, so I think in college I'm similar to a lot of people where I had all kinds of jobs. You know, delivery guy, mm -hmm. worked at a restaurant, I even helped work on this woman's ranch for a while uh, all kinds of crazy jobs out in Oregon. Know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of random jobs. I was a lifeguard, things like that. And then, because um, I was going through different majors and things like that at mm -hmm. school, and then I ended with public relations. Uh, and after school, I did a program to Israel where I interned for three months in Israel. I worked um, with a business. Basically, we would take Israeli startups mm -hmm. and help find them ch Chinese funding. Okay. So whether it was from the Chinese government or private investors in China, those Chinese investors would then own the IP for China and manufacture it and put it out in China, but then finance so that the startup founders could bring their products or services to the rest of the world. Okay. So my job was a lot of grunt work, being the intern, finding these businesses, things like that. Um, but I got to sit in a lot of meetings. I got to learn. Um, I designed the websites for that business. And so I did that um, as my internship came to a close. Uh, I was pretty bummed because it was my first step into international business and seeing what it was like when the world started working together and seeing the things that we could accomplish 
Um, I really liked that. And I still stay in touch with the founder of that business. Mm -hmm. And he keeps me updated on the startup progress and things like that. And then once I came home to Arizona, um, that's kind of when I started being an in, uh, independent contractor, working with different companies around Got the it, valley, okay. things like that. And so I've been at Truce essentially since I was out of college. So okay. uh, about two and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Great to hear. So like, I mean, obviously that experience in Israel is just unbelievable. I know that we've talked about it a little <laughs> bit like offline. I mean, it sounds absolutely incredible. What were some of like the, maybe like, one or two or three, you know, main takeaways or skills that you kind of developed in that internship that you think really transitioned over into Truce and kind of helped you with your success with Truce? Absolutely. So I think one of the big things that I took away from that trip wasn't necessarily from the internship itself, but okay. from the activities that they led us on outside mm -hmm. of the internship. And that was mindfulness. They ran us through not necessarily religious based, but just general mindfulness activities. And that's helped me to center myself and really focus on the things that we need to focus on at work. Although sometimes I have to say it's really hard when you're wearing a lot of hats at work to be mm -hmm. focused. Um, many days at work, I'll go in, we'll do things all day long. And then by the time I get home and I eat dinner, I realize I did nothing that I wanted to do <laughs> for that day. So classic. <laughs> um, so that ends up happening. So I think that that was a big thing that I took away. Um, the other big piece that I took away from it was global collaboration. Mm -hmm. I think that we're all one human species on this blue rock, like skyrocketing through space every day. <laughs> and I think we should treat it like that a little bit more and work together. And yeah. I understand that there are religious differences and there are borders and there are thousands of years of history that I am battling by just saying, hey, let's have a little utopian society, hold hands, kumbaya, and move forward. But I really do wish that that's how we treated work mm -hmm. now. And so seeing that firsthand, especially from two very controversial countries, yeah, from absolutely. Israel and from China. So that was really, that was wonderful to see. And then a third one, I think, I mean, just like any internship, just learning that grunt work, it might suck, but it's important because you need to learn what the people, what you're doing at every stage of the business. Mm -hmm. So that when you get into a management position, like you know what the people under you are going through. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you can't be an effective leader. Yeah. You can't walk into a business and not understand all the links in the chain under you and how they're operating. And if you do try to do it that way, I think you're going to fumble the ball a lot more and you're going to mess up because you're just not going to be able to give accurate expectations to the people that are under you. No. So I think those are the three things. Mindfulness, seeing businesses work together from around the world, and grunt work. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think that I'll talk at least on the mindfulness and the grunt work. I think that those are two things that are really overlooked especially in our generation right yeah. you know you kind of think just like work hard it'll all be okay but like as you know we we talk about this a lot actually is like that balance between like getting work done do your thing working hard but then like that mental break that you need to do and i mean i know that we've had multiple discussions about like how difficult it is and yeah. like how hard it is yeah. just turn off you know because especially with you know these things with us 24 7 you can't just turn off or like I know today at 6.30 a.m. my time, I was just making breakfast and then I had someone at work message me, but it was 9.30 Atlanta time, you know, Eastern Standard mm -hmm. Time. So I can't even make breakfast at 6.30, which is like a god-awfully early time in Arizona standards, you know, just like turn off from work. Yeah. So it's really tough. And like the yeah. ground work you said, you can't build that foundation unless you like actually put in the blood, sweat, and tears, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So like 
with what you've done with Truce, obviously you've had a, a plethora of um, projects since you've been there. You know, could you maybe elaborate on one specific project that you've like really taken hold of, you know, took a bull mm -hmm. by the horns and really, you know, made something great and you've been proud of yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so I think that um, at Truce, a little bit of a plug, we have a wide variety of products uh, from laundry powder to hand soaps, mm -hmm. all-purpose cleaners, things like that. However, one product that a lot of people don't think of is our chalk remover. Mm -hmm. It's specifically oh, okay. made for the gymnastics industry, rock climbing, weightlifting, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, slight backstory, my parents own a gymnastics and dance facility in town, so I grew up having to, you know, my chores were working in the business and cleaning the chalk and vacuuming the floors and doing things like that. Um, and it all centered around chalk, so I knew what a big pain that was. Mm -hmm. So when I started working at Truce, we took a couple of the existing products at Truce, took them to Sunrays, tested them out, see what worked and what didn't work. And we were able to, I mean, with some products, some masks, gloves, buckets, things like that, we were able to really make a chalk remover by hand huh. and then take it to a chemist in a lab and a manufacturing plant to actually refine it for us and make it so it works perfectly every time. Um, I think that's the project that I've been spearheading this entire time at Truce. And, you know, we went through months of, we did six months of, we didn't understand how to package it correctly. So a customer would buy it and it would get there. UPS would put it in some plastic bag and there'd be liquid everywhere. It'd be yeah. garbage. And, and it was just a terrible mess for six months. So we figured out the packaging, but then we had an issue with people not liking the smell. And so we had to go rework the smell. So it's been a constant evolution with that mm. product. But with that product, we now, are the unofficial sponsor of USA Weightlifting. Uh, we have a co-branded partnership with American Athletic Incorporated, and they provide a lot of the equipment for all the universities here in the States. They've done the Olympics before, and um, it's they're actually owned. They are the same company that manufactures all the equipment for Spalding, so the basketball hoops, basketballs, yeah. things like that, Huge. owned by Fruit of the Loom. So that's a big partner to have. Mm -hmm. And we're currently in talks with other companies to become partners with them to help move this product outside of just Canada and the U.S. We have some partners in Europe and as well as Australia to export the product there, too. Because right now we're one of the only products on the market that does uh, as good of a job as our product does while doing it in a safe and simple way. Mm -hmm. We show all of our ingredients. We make sure that any staff member in the building can use it and it's safe on their equipment and their people. And someone who I, you know, I just came at it from the perspective of I'm essentially the customer and I knew what the need was and we just had to keep fighting and fighting and fighting until we made it. Yeah. And, you know, we're still, it's, it's moving exponentially, but we'd still like to see bigger sales and that stuff. So it's still a project that's continually evolving, like I said, but mm -hmm. that's definitely been the big one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a cool, that's such a cool project. Yeah. And, uh, Obviously, I've heard you kind of talk about it incrementally the last couple of uh, weeks and months, so it's really cool to kind of see where it's started at and where it's gone to now. Yeah. Um, I want to take a step back. You know, obviously, you've had major successes with this specific project, um, you know, unofficial sponsorships uh, with gym, like USA Gymnastics. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That some people would really say, like, you made it success, right? Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, how were the failures? How, you mm -hmm. know, you said that, you know, people would get the packaging and it would kind of be a mess or mm -hmm. people didn't like the smell, you know? And so those were failures mm -hmm. that you had to go back to the drawing board and, you know, kind of improve your product. So like, just tell me a little bit about not only how you went about fixing those, you know, quote, quote failures, but also 
talk about a little bit the mental side of like yeah. realizing that they happened and needing to kind of form a plan of attack to resolve them. Yeah, totally. I think that a big thing when you hit a failure like that with our packaging, one of the first things we did is we reevaluated how worth it it was to continue to go down this path. Okay. Knowing that we were going to have to spend more money, more time, more energy focusing on making this product better, we'd really, really ensure that when we did make it better, we were going to see the return. The customers were going to get the product that they wanted, and we had to make sure that it was still there. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't, I think at that point in your failure, you need to like step back, be mindful, think about what's going on. And if it's not going to work in the end, even if you get a perfect product, stop right there. Yeah. Don't go farther to figure that out. So that was the first step. After that, I mean... There's a lot of like going home at night, banging your head against the wall and being <laughs> frustrated with yeah. things, uh, especially when you're waiting on a plastics company to send you all these samples and then you have to test all the samples and then you have to ship all the samples. And so there's a long process and a lot of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I filled that waiting with either just like, I would either just work from home because I knew if I was in the office, I'd be pacing like a madman mm-hmm. or we'd find other projects and things like that. But it's, it's tough. But I think if you do that evaluation in the beginning and after the first failure of how worth it it is, then it doesn't matter how hard it is because you know that at the end of the day when you figure it out, it's still going to be worth it to the customers mm-hmm. and to yourself and your business. So, I mean, it's really, really flipping tough. But having that kind of like having your why in the back of your head, that's oh, yeah. what like that's going to make you get through the tough stuff. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, lo- I love you said that, like, you know, like knowing your why. Um, I know that's something that I, you know, try to implement myself. I'm not the best with it, but... Um, I'm actually listening to a Zig Ziglar book, mm-hmm. audiobook right now. And so he's kind of saying, like, know your why, know your why, kind of what are the five levels of why. So you're absolutely right. That will definitely push in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely love to hear that. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. Stay, still on mindset, right? So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You and I have had numerous talks about, you know, work in the day, you know, relaxing at night, trying to find this balance of physical health and mental health, and professional mm-hmm. health, whatever else have you. So, like, what are some ways, maybe one, two ways that you find your you decompress or you handle stress, you know, in your mm-hmm. life? What are some of the things that you do? Um, because I think it's a big issue that young professionals of our age group have is we have these new stresses, we have these responsibilities, but we just don't have the experience mm-hmm. to really know how to handle them as effectively as what we will in the future. Yeah, I think a big thing. Um... This is something that's new to my life, but I think that it's a true thing. Whereas if you're really, really having a hard time handling it, or even if you think you're going to have a hard time handling it, it's it's not a bad thing or a wimpy thing to reach out to a professional, whether it's a therapist or someone mm-hmm. like that, get that objective third party in your life to talk through some of the issues. I mm-hmm. think that that's a big, a big starter. Um, for me personally, I've implemented a two twice daily email check Mm -hmm. so i only check my email right in the beginning of the day and then kind of like an hour hour and a half before i leave work so that if i need to handle something i can handle it yeah and then i that's it that's it and i don't check it until the next day because most of the time it's urgent for someone to send you the email but it's not as urgent for you to get back to them and i don't want to train the people that i work with to know that i'm going to respond in an instant Mm mm-hmm they have other ways of communicating with me, whether it's Slack or text message or calling me if they have a problem like that. But email is just not that source. Yeah. I turned off the notifications on my Apple Watch and my phone for email as well, so I'm not even tempted to look at it. Yeah. That's a, that was a big one for me. Um, I've also, I'm reading a book right now, and they were talking about 
how you check your email and basically if it's something that you can do very quickly then when you're checking your email just do it like don't put it off just do it no yeah. matter how stupid or frustrating it is just get it done and then if it's something that is going to take longer maybe you have different categories of how you categorize your stuff that might take a little longer whether yeah. you're waiting on somebody things like that so categorizing things and getting stuff out of the way like with email that was a big one for me mm-hmm. um and then decompressing i think like everybody needs to be exercising regardless yeah. of your fitness level Absolutely. you just like have to be exercising that's a huge one um Personally, I love, and I have not been as good at it as I'd like to be, but I used to go camping at least like twice a month. Okay. Probably like once a month is more reasonable now, but I think that getting away, turning off your phone, really getting out in nature mm-hmm. is a big one for me. Um, on a daily basis, though, I really, I enjoy playing video games towards the end of the night. Not okay. like the last thing I do, because I think it wakes me up too much before yeah, yeah. bed. Absolutely. But like putting those big headphones on, I can't hear anything else in the house. And whether I'm playing a sports game or a shooting game, just all my focus is in that. Mm-hmm. And that that's a nice decompressor for me. That's super nice. Yeah. Do you do a lot of um, like time blocking, like, you know, I don't know if it's journaling or whatever else have you, you like, you know, like mm-hmm. eight to nine is video games. And then like maybe like nine to 10 is your like get ready for bed and 10, 10 is your go to bed. Like, do you do anything like that? Or it's whatever you're kind of feeling you're needing to do at that moment. So I think for me with how crazy work is and how crazy our lifestyle is yeah. right now, what I, what I do is like, I just did it before this podcast. Actually, I wrote my, all my agenda for tomorrow mm-hmm. or at least my to do's like, these things need to get done before work. These things need to get done after work. Once all that stuff is done, do whatever you want to and then go to bed. Got so it. I do it in that way. I don't feel like I have enough control over my life at this point to get more closely time blocked than that. Got it. Okay. I also find myself overestimating my time. I overestimating my time. I was trying to time block and I would give myself an hour for something and yeah. it would take 25 minutes. Yeah. It's like, well, I kind of like fucked up the rest of my day. Yeah. How am I going to... So I think it's easier for me to just set like lists of things that have to get done in a certain amount of time. Okay. That's like been that. helpful for me. Nice, yeah. man. That's interesting you say that because like, for example, I'll try and do the exact same thing, right? Try and say, you know, for this hour I'm going to do something. But I actually find that I take a lot longer than mm-hmm. I might say I have an hour to do something, but it'll be at an hour and a half. Yeah. And so it's tough because you want to be almost optimistic about how much you can fit into a day. But then eventually, if you're not real, real with yourself, you're just going to actually hit into other, you know, blocked off times. And then you're going to drop one or two things. So, oh, 100%. you know, um, I'm happy. I, I think it's a nice problem to have that you're like kind of the opposite end of me, you know, of me. Yeah. but it's good to know yourself. And obviously yeah. that's a learning process, too. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, one of the big things I was doing is it would be like a Sunday night or a Monday and I would time block my whole week. And that's when I was feeling most aspirational. Yeah. By the time I got to a Thursday evening or a Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. shit was not getting done. <laughs> I was like, rent- I was mentally just like checked out. Yeah. So doing it the day before helps make things realistic. Mm-hmm. Because like by a th- like on a Thursday night, I'm probably feeling the same way that I'm going to feel on like a Friday afternoon. A little bit sluggish, yep. that kind of feeling. And so if I do my time blocking at that time, then I'm more realistic and I can still accomplish all the things I want to accomplish in that day. Okay. So that helps with the aspirational stuff. No, I feel you. Dude, the, <laughs> it's so true. Thursday night is just the worst because, you know, you have one more day. You got to push through Friday. Mm-hmm. It's obviously Friday. Yeah. Um, but no, dude, absolutely. So, like, we talked a little bit about, you know, like, um, daily or maybe weekly, you know, uh, I'll call it goal setting or prep, right? Mm-hmm. 
do you have any long-term goals, year, five-year goals that you've, you know, created? And if so, like, um, you don't have to go into them if you don't want to, yeah. but, like, maybe how did you go about forming those goals, you know, if you do yeah. have them? So, I've always been someone who struggled with, like, what am I going to do in the future? Mm-hmm. I've also struggled with saying yes to too many things. Okay. Um, right now, I'm trying to focus on kind of paring down what I'm doing because I feel a little spread too thin at the moment of different organizations on this board, that kind of stuff, doing too much. Um, And so when it comes to goals, I feel like I haven't been able to spend the time that I want to to think about those goals. So one thing I'm doing to go back to work for a second is I'm I'm basically ending like full-time work at Truce in August because I'm starting full-time graduate school. And so I'll be working part-time for Truce, but a lot of my job right now is setting up like a lot of automated systems or making sure that our other employees know what they're doing mm-hmm. um, so that I can go off and go to school. And it's a blessing that I get to be a truce and have that ability yeah, to do absolutely. that. And so when it comes to goal setting, I think my goals are more short term than five, 10 years, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, right now I have a goal to move in with my girlfriend and that is like high on my priority list. As We've been doing be. long distance for a couple of years and I am pretty fucking sick of it and ready to move in. <laughs> yeah. So they're like short term. So it's like move in with Rachel, make sure that all of that is going well and she has a good job and I'm doing well in school and making sure that that relationship is getting fostered the way it needs to be fostered. Mm-hmm. And then I have goals for how I want to perform in school and the things that I want to find out about myself and what I want to do afterwards. But I struggle with goals after school right now because there's so much I'm going to learn in the next two years. Different doors are going to open. There's going to be new opportunities. I think that there's a lot in my concentration at school that I I don't know about yet. Yeah. So I'm I'm holding off on the really long-term goals because I think that if I spend a lot of time making like a five or ten-year goal now, it's going to completely flip. Yeah. I know like the things that I want to work with, like the – one of the mantras at Thunderbird is uh, borders frequented by trade or seldom frequented by soldiers. Mm-hmm. I really, I, that speaks to me. I like that. That goes back to that kind of utopian, like, let's all work together. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to work with a company that is doing global business and helping customers globally. And I think we can do it in a way where people are making money and the customers are benefiting and things like that. And so I have those sort of aspirations, but like a definitive, like, in five years, I'm going to have this much money in my bank account, and I'm going to have this many abs, and I'm going to only eat <laughs> broccoli for abs. lunch. Like 30 pack of abs. <laughs> exactly. 30. Uh, Keg of abs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have those at the moment, but mm-hmm. I want to, over the next two years, start planning those goals. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, I think back to when I started college in, what, 2014 now. I mean... This is like way before I started thinking about like goal setting any, like mm-hmm. anything long term. But I mean, like you're just trying to deal with tomorrow. Honestly, yeah. when things are that new, when things are that kind of like what's happening, you're just trying to almost it's kind of just survival almost in mm-hmm. a way. So, like you said, you don't know what doors are going to open, what opportunities are going to happen. And so, almost better just kind of like ride the wave and kind of see yeah. where it happens because you'll have a much more clear idea of where you're going once you ride that wave instead of maybe even resisting that wave, mm-hmm. the wave you're supposed to take almost by having those preconceived goals. So no, I, I, like where, I like where your head's at. I think you're absolutely right. But with riding the wave, like, I think that there could be a trap of, like, I do not surf or body surf enough to know what I'm talking about now <laughs> yeah. for this you metaphor. You don't trend the gnar enough, no, dude. <laughs> I wish. That'd be cool. Basically, like, 
you can ride the wave and like not pay attention and get like sucked under oh and, like, yeah, yeah fucked yeah. up or you can like ride the wave and have a good time and get into the beach and i think that that comes with like being mindful at this stage so like if i'm not having goals mm-hmm. i need to be like eyes wide open acting like a sponge and like paying attention to how things make me feel what gets me energized what i'm good at as i move forward because if i don't do that then I'm just going to get, like, it's called Riptide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riptide, yeah, 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 there, you yeah, yeah. there you go. Like then I'm song, just going right? to get Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then, like, I feel like if I'm not being mindful about this upcoming next two years, then I'm going to just screw myself over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's part of it. No, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, keeping your eyes open for opportunity to, like, be intentional about what kind of comes mm-hmm. your way, right? Uh, I guess... Honestly, for me, intention has just kind of been like a, a, a hot topic word for me the last couple of months. So yeah. I could uh, I could see how it definitely applies to me in the future. But that's cool, man. Honestly, there's a lot of good things coming toward you. Um, how are you feeling about it? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Like, what's kind of running through your mind? Because there's a lot of changes happening. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of changes. Um, so I am very, very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um like I'm really excited about things that are going on at work right now, but I'm probably a little bit more excited about what's happening at school. And I think like moving in with my girlfriend is like a huge one. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm just like, I'm wanting to start. I'm ready to start. I'm ready to be at that point where like I've solved all the problems at work that I'm in the middle of solving. Mm-hmm. Rachel's here. School is starting. Like I'm ready to be at that stage. Got it. So very excited about it. I, I don't think I'm nervous yet. I think once class registration happens and I start going to those like, you know, those like meetings you have at school before school starts. Yeah, yeah. I think as I go to those and see the caliber of my classmates and things, I'll get a little bit nervous, but definitely more excitement than nervous right now. That's good. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, the nervousness, it probably will happen. It's natural. But honestly, I don't think that anything good comes out a little bit of nerves, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, you know, um, there's something that I like to say, um, of course, I'm blanking out on, what is it? Uh, risk is the tariff paid to leave the shores of predictable misery, right? So. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty say good, Say that right? again, say that again. Risk is the, risk is the tariff paid to leave the shores of predictable misery, all right? So, um, I heard that a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Actually, you like this on the How I Built This podcast yeah, you turned yeah. out to. It was Logic and his yeah. uh, producer, right? Or his manager. And his manager actually said that because he was like, well, fuck it. I don't like mean Logic. I don't know what's going to happen, but like, you may look at the risk because you never know what will happen otherwise. And I heard that and I just, I really fucked with it. So I found, I actually found a little photo, put my, you know, background on my phone because, nice. you know, I mean, I guess talking to myself a little bit, I, I'm trying to do again the real estate investing mm-hmm. world. We've talked about that for a long time. And no matter how good a place looks, no matter how many times you run the numbers, you will still be taking risk, you know? Yeah. So I'm trying to get more comfortable with that idea, you know, whether it's buying a house, maybe it's talking to a girl at a bar mm-hmm. or something, you know? So um, that's just kind of something that I've been telling myself recently. So, you yeah. know, hopefully that, uh, that's a positive. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully you can take that in the future, right? Yeah. Um. So... I guess probably the last thing I want to talk to you a little bit about is, you know, you've obviously had a lot of fantastic experience as a professional um, with Truce. You've done a lot of very cool, exciting projects. Mm-hmm. Now you're moving to Rachel soon, kind of starting that next chapter in your life. With what you've done at school as a professional, um, you know, what is maybe one or two things that you think has attributed to your success 
and you know maybe one or two things that you would tell maybe 18 year old you or post-grad college you like you know something to maybe ease your mind or just like anything you mm -hmm. tell yourself so i think what i'm going to say answers the first question and i absolutely would not tell this to my 18 year old self absolutely don't tell this to 18 year old matthew <laughs> um i think to go back to the how i built this thing where he asks like is it luck or hard work like i think that luck plays a way bigger part mm -hmm. like it was super lucky that my mom bought this eyeglass cleaner and took me to a networking event and then she recognized the founder of the eyeglass cleaner and then introduced me and then I hit it off with her and now I'm working at Truce. Oh, dang, like, that's how it happened? Yeah. That's wild. Oh, and that's that wild. was over the course of like a month at different meetings and things. So uh -huh. like if, if like Diane hadn't gone to a meeting or if I felt like bullshitting at home, like yep. I wouldn't be at Truce right now. I'd probably be working at like a PR agency and like in a corporate ladder and like not really liking my job. Yeah. And so I think that luck plays a huge part in that. Um, but hard work is the other big thing. I mean, you have to, you have to find what you like. I think that for me, I struggle with the word passion mm -hmm. because like, there's a lot of things at work that I just, I don't, I'm not passionate about. Like I'm not passionate about email. Clearly I am not passionate about making sales calls. I'm not passionate about a lot of things that I do at work, mm -hmm. but I really like building a business and working with people that I work with. And so I think that I would tell my 18 year old self to not focus on finding a passion, but just start by focusing on things that you like mm -hmm. and finding a place that has where the majority of the things that you do or get to be engaged with at work are things that you like. And then through that exploration, you can find the things that you're passionate about. I think that passion gets shoved down people's throat right now. And I mm -hmm. think that people, while they should figure out what they're passionate about, I think that you can do that slower. The majority of businesses that are being started in this country are being started by people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, not people our age. And, and I think that that's due to a wide variety of reasons, but I think we should take comfort in that fact and realize that like in this stage in our life, we should be exploring and finding those passions because just as you're not in love with the thing that you were in love with in high school, right now, you're not gonna be in love with that passion that you had from high school to the same passion that you are now. So I think that I would tell my 18 year old self, find a company, find a business, or the majority of the things that you do you like so that you can explore to find your passion. But I think that far and away, it's luck that got all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the hard work is what helps you like get over the hump. Yeah. Like luck gets you to the hill and then you gotta finish it. You gotta get over the hill. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of I love that, man. Um, that was really powerful. I really appreciate it. I think it starts to chord a lot of people. Um, my guy, dude, thank you for coming on. It was an absolute course, pleasure. Man. I hope Love I didn't it. just give you Corona uh, from that. But hey, that's a, that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> the world's melting. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, hey, guys, that was our show with my boy Matthew. Um, absolutely stellar guy. Clearly, you can see he's done quite a lot in the last couple of years and only more to come from him. So really excited to see him on his path, honestly. It's been genuinely an absolute pleasure to Thanks, but, you know, be roommates the last couple year and a half and uh obviously excited to see where you go from here man yeah man excited for it thanks for having me hey everyone all the best thanks for tuning in all right and remember um the 20s what the roaring 20s it's a wild time in your life but uh it's not where you are it's how you get there right enjoy the journey all the best all right until next time take care follow this guy give him a <laughs> like share it get a, give him a review uh, this guy all over the here. things <laughs> this guy give over him here. all the things <laughs> take care everyone night